This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, The Hartford, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome everyone to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're awfully glad you could join us again today. We're broadcasting from the Ringler Associates 2012 annual meeting in beautiful Newport Beach, California. And uh, anytime I can come out here to the West Coast, I, I think it's great. The weather's great. And uh, Tony, I think the, uh, the East Coast weather this, this time of year isn't that hot. Well, no, it's not. I, you know, I was born in Southern California, and every time I come down here, I wonder why I ever left. Well, so. I can understand that, too. Well, I want you to know that Ringler Radio brings you the hottest topics and the most knowledgeable guests from the structured settlement industry today. And you can find every Ringler Radio show on our website, ringlerassociates.com, and or on the Legal Talk Network at legaltalknetwork.com. Well, our topic today is going to center around spinal cord injuries and how one man has inspired so many through his own personal story. And joining me today as co-host is my Ringler colleague from Seattle, Washington, Tony Robinson. Tony is currently a member of the Ringler Associates Board of Directors, having been elected back in 2011. He's got more than 22 years of experience in claims and structured settlements and uh, is also a fan of the Oregon Ducks. Welcome, Tony. Go Ducks. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I like passionate fans. They're, uh, they're always good to hear from. Well, our special guest today is Todd Stabelfeld. Todd's a spinal cord injury victim and an advocate for those who've suffered the same injury. He has his own foundation, the Todd Stabelfeld Foundation, which provides support and services to spinal cord injury patients. And he's also a motivational speaker. He's a businessman and just an all-around terrific guy. You can find out more about Todd on his uh, foundation's website, uh, T-H-E-T-S-F.org. I guess it's the Todd Stobbleford Foundation.org. Todd, I think that's what it's all about. Welcome to Ringler Radio, Todd. Thank you very much. I appreciate Larry and Tony. Well, uh, let me ask you a question, Todd. We're thrilled, obviously, to have you with us here today, but I want you to let our audience hear more about your backstory. T- tell us what happened uh, along the way. Sure, no problem. Well, I was I was born in uh, Seattle, Washington, and back in 1979, with a mom and sister and dad, sort of the normal American household. Uh, my dad worked uh, night shifts at a grocery store, and my mom owned and still owns actually a beauty salon. About four years into my my life, my dad was uh, coming home on a graveyard shift, and uh, it was really early in the morning, and he was an avid motorcycle rider. And on his way home, that deer had uh, sort of came out on the highway, and he was sort of maneuvering to, to get around the deer. At the same time, an oncoming car was coming, and so he was sort of gambling with that. And uh, it was actually a pickup truck, and the uh, pickup truck also swerved to sort of miss my father, and at the same time, the truck had a bunch of stuff in the, in the bed. And... Uh, it all just sort of spilled out on the road, and uh, my dad could manage all of uh, those obstacles. So he put the bike down, and he slid into a guardrail, 
uh, and it threw him off a cliff uh, where he fell 128 feet. Wow. And uh, so he he died uh, when I was four. And uh, unfortunately, the story gets much sadder is that uh, four years after that, so this is now 1987, my mom decided that summer to uh, remodel her bedroom and get rid of his sort of remaining items. That was the summer of my second grade year going into third grade. And uh, unfortunately, some of those items were, were his rifles and uh, ammunition. So she put it in a spare room. And uh, you got to remember, too, in the mid-80s when Bruce Willis was taking care of business and Arnold Schwarzenegger was still a little bit over you know, six feet tall. And we had uh, Professor Stone, who was a little bit over five feet tall. And they were still doing their thing and uh, saving us from all the issues. And uh, we had thought guns were it, you know. Um, World War III was around the corner. And uh, unfortunately, we started playing with some guns. And uh, went to bed that night, woke up the next morning, and my cousin asked to play the guns again. So we started to, and uh, he shot me with a 22 bolt action rifle uh, in the chin, and a uh, bullet went through my horse throat and severed my spinal cord at C4. So uh, I can feel and move from my shoulders up. Everything from the shoulders down doesn't work. And uh, sadly, all I feel is pain, which is a interesting sort of concept when you can't feel anything in quotes. Uh, so that's sort of how I got injured, you know, the first eight years of my life. Pretty sure. Much. sure. So you, you, you said C4 quadriplegic, and a lot of our listeners uh, probably don't know what that means. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, I thought it'd be great to have you on is to, to share your experience. But let's start with, you know, just from a the technical term of a C4 quadriplegic, what exactly uh, is your injury? What does that mean? Sure, no problem. Well, we all... We all know that we have a spine, uh, and uh, everything that sort of runs through that uh, to control your bladder, to move your fingers, to running, to walking, all goes through a spinal cord, which is uh, what is obviously inside sort of a licorice-type material uh, within the spinal system. And uh, the spine is sort of split up over um, several different segments, uh, and the first several discs are, are referred to as C for uh, cervical, and uh, if you sort of felt the back of your neck and you felt the bumps back there, if you counted four bumps down from the back of your brain, uh, you'd be around the fourth vertebrae, which is sort of in your shoulder area, upper neck, um, and uh, and that is where I was injured. So the bullet uh, literally went through my, actually my chin bone, I have a little scar, and as soon as it hit the chin, it deflected downward through a larynx and the throat and into that fourth vertebrae. Uh, was lodging in the, in the spine, uh, and in the process, it, it cut the spinal cord. And so I'm actually referred to as a complete C4 quadriplegic, which means that my spinal cord is completely severed at the fourth cervical vertebrae. And quadriplegic is simply a really bad term that refers to a compromise in all four extremities. Well, Todd, uh, that's a, certainly a tragedy. What is your daily routine? How, how do you live day to day? What what do you do as you get up? And tell tell our audience how that works. Yeah, no problem. You know, as as life changes and as you get older, obviously the as we all do, you know, our seasons change and things take us longer, or we need to adjust depending on what's around us. What I have realized and, and noticed as I've gotten older, it's um it's almost like a the situation is sort of exacerbated. You know. It, yeah, okay, the ruining takes longer to get up. Well, 
any 40-year-old man can say that. But what I have found is that, you know, having a disability on top of that age has really impacted, you know, my routines. And what you need to do, at least in my personal opinion, as a good steward of the body is to is to be able to adjust for those. And so my current routine, which could be, you know, completely different next year, most likely will be, just because it's worked this way for the first 25 years, is that uh, I wake up anywhere between 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, depending on my schedule. And uh, I have a morning, you know, what we refer to as a caregiver. Uh, I usually call him an assistant or something like that. And uh, she uh, gets me up, like I said, between 4 and 5 in the morning, gets me dressed, you know, washes me, shaves me, combs my hair, does the whole routine. It takes uh, a little bit, a little bit less than four hours uh, to get everything um, completely done. Uh, and then I have a, uh, what I refer to as a driver, another assistant, gets in my car and they'll drive me um, into the city. I work quite a bit in uh, the Seattle, Bellevue, Redmond area. Uh, and then my obviously conduct my day with business. Uh, I do a lot of, uh, of work with uh, spinal cord injury folks. I do a lot of work with uh, software. Uh, I have a couple different jobs that I do. And uh, I also work, obviously, within the structured settlement family as well, where, where folks who get injured received uh, fairly large sums of money. Um, mm. need to know how to deal with it and, and what sort of to come in the years uh, as they progress through their disability. Mm-hmm. And after that whole day is done, I come home and either relax a little bit or do you know more work. I'm sort of a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then about uh, 9 p.m., between 11 p.m., my evening shift starts, and that takes about three to four hours to put me to bed, um, which you might say, well, that sounds like you don't sleep very long. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I, I can't really sleep more than about four hours, uh, and I also don't like to lay in bed for more than about four or five hours. So that's sort of at the high level, you know, my my daily routine it consists of uh, a lot of taking care of things and making sure people people are moving forward. I'm I'm really about all I'm really about people. Yeah, and it's Todd. You and I met through. You mentioned the uh, working with other people that are that are getting settlements, and that's how Todd and I met. And uh, I think what struck me when I met Todd and what what really uh, impresses him on I mean, with any of the clients that we meet, Larry, that are facing the same issues that Todd has, is so many of the stories, uh, tragic as they are, um, there's a lot of really positive things yeah. that those people are doing. And I think, um, you know, Todd is, is really the epitome of that in many, many ways. And uh, But the fact remains, you know, with the challenges that you face every day, I mean, how do you stay so positive and, and what keeps you going every day? Well, one of the things that I've always been told I'm pretty real, pretty authentic, and sometimes that's uh, not so fun to hear, um, <laughs> whether it be about my life or, or their life, um, but uh, how I present myself is is just basically a mirror. Um, so like, for example, like right now, Tony and, and Larry, you're talking to me on the phone, you're asking questions, et cetera, et cetera, um, but really what you're also doing is you're looking at yourself, uh, and you're also addressing some things that either you haven't dealt with or you don't want to deal with or you're just beginning to, because what I have found in my life and in my presentation is I'm presenting you in, in sort of this sort of beautifully broken state, mm-hmm. uh, completely naked, and uh, and you can't help but wonder, wow, well, if he's doing that, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, and that's not me putting myself on a pedestal, because trust me, brothers, I don't want this role, uh, but I got it. And so what are you going to do with it? 
you know, you can, you can get up every day and you can make a bad choice. Um, but my, my personal sort of opinion or mantra for me is uh, I try to make more good decisions than bad. And I'm very, very blessed to have a, have a king that I love, that I'm in love with, that every night it might be painful, but in the morning I get a new day. And, uh, and for me, how do I stay positive? You know, it's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of accountability. And it's a lot of being with people in the midst of their pain and suffering uh, to hopefully allow them or to assist them in seeing the beauty that they have within the sort of current picture. And, well, uh, and that's how I sort of stay positive. Well, that's uh, it's a battle. certainly inspirational to hear that. And, uh, you know, you've mentioned that what one of the things that keeps you going is purpose. Tell us about how this concept of purpose uh, helps you. I think it's inter- interesting, you know, uh, being a man, uh, what does uh, what does society, you know, frame as masculinity? And, uh, you know, what uh, what is the result? You know, what can you lift? You know, what can you protect? You know, how much can you do uh, with sort of your physical representation? Uh, I don't got any of that. So by the world standard, I mean, if you looked at masculinity in the, in the dictionary, uh, and then you looked at the word disability, they're exactly opposite. You know, a strong and strength and, and fit for, for masculinity. If you look at disability, it's, it's, you know, it's maimed. You know, it's compromised. It's failure. And, uh, I think that the common denominator in all men, whether they walk or sit, is that men want self-respect and men want validation. And I think that if you can provide and show purpose, uh, those are ways to access that sort of in the human heart. And that's why purpose is big to me. That's why I share and speak on purpose, because we all need it. Uh, one, we need it to survive, and, and, and two, we, we need it so we can contribute, uh, and we can also be validated for that. That's how I look at purpose. And for me, purpose is working with folks who hurt. I mean, I have a PhD in pain and suffering. Why not share it? Show it to the world. And I think that kind of, uh, you know, leads us to the next question. And part of what uh, Larry and I do as a part of our job and part of what you're doing with, with one of your many business opportunities is uh, it kind of gets down to the the financial aspects of a settlement and what what that could mean to, to uh, somebody facing these issues. And uh, a lot of the money that, that a spinal cord injury uh, settlement recipient is going to spend the money on, what they're going to use it for is, is going to be technology uh, to help them in their day-to-day life. And, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about, you know, what the technology is and how it has helped you uh, do what you do. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think that the biggest contributions, you know, there are so the, I guess, outflows, yes, would be the, would be the technology piece, a bit of a large umbrella, and also the, the caregiving component, too. Those, those two Segments are are definitely the biggest expense uh, monthly for for folks who are at that sort of high spinal cord injury. Uh, but uh, technology is man, it's everywhere. You know, uh, being uh, injured in the '80s versus being injured now is a is a different story. And what I have found, at least in in my life, is that uh, I've been wanting technology to catch up with me, and uh, and it is starting to. And anywhere from voice recognition, you know, on your mobile phone yeah. you know, to an appropriate equipment that you would need to breathe with. You know, at night I use a machine called a BiPAP. Uh, it's like a CPAP on steroids. You know, um, I have a, a tube now that's been installed 
through my abdomen that goes into my bladder. It's called a suprapubic catheter. You know, I'm I'm becoming a Borg, you know, if you're any geeks out there listening. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, you're becoming one with medicine, you know, and uh, it's pretty interesting as the outer part sort of fails, the inner part sort of survives and thrives. Uh, and thank God for technology because it's allowed me to be independent. It's allowed me to have a sustainable job for the last 15 years. Wow. Uh, and it's allowed me to get what I had talked earlier about, which is self-respect and validation. I love the fact that I can turn on the phone and call you guys, or you can call me and pick up a phone. I can use a computer on my own power and I'll have everybody help me with it. Uh, it's, a, it's pretty incredible stuff. And if you go on a date with your girl, you know, she doesn't have to tie you down in the van with motorcycle straps like back in the 80s, you know. You get in a minivan, and it's all locked down, everything puts them good to go, and you're ready to, ready to be with her. So well, there you go. It's terrific uh, that technology can be that give you that big of a hand. It's uh, you know we see it uh, in either motor a lot of the motorized wheelchairs, uh, Tony, on some of the cases that even aren't as serious as Todd's. Uh, the, the, the where those where those technology you know innovations have taken over the last twenty years are just amazing. Todd, you're absolutely right. And also, you mentioned uh, a lot of the money goes also to caregivers, and uh, you know caregivers around the world are the unsung heroes and uh, obviously vital to daily lives of anyone with a disability like yourself. How important are the caregivers and who are the caregivers in your life and how important have they been to you? Well, I mean, I'd love to take that one just a little bit, a little bit further because sure. it is the most important part mm-hmm. you know, of this process. Uh, you know, family, realistically, in my opinion, if I was in, in education to somebody who's newly injured, you know, you, don't expect your parents and your family to take care of you forever. It doesn't work because then you start to bleed the lines of mom versus caregiver, or if you're married, you know, wife versus caregiver. That that begins to break down and it's just not work. Uh, and it is unfortunate and it is horrible, you know. And I'm sorry for it, but it is the reality of your situation. You're going to need help, and if you want sustainability and longevity, you know, around that, then you're going to get caregivers. Uh, for me personally, I have actually systematized caregiving. Uh, I've taken it to the whole next level, you know, of, of sort of the e-myth, you know, that Michael Gerber, you know, uh, franchising, you know, McDonald's type routine, which mm-hmm. is, you know, systems run the business and people run the systems. And so I've essentially turned my entire life into a business so that everybody knows their roles, you know, depending on their shift, what their, you know, quantifiable objectives are for that routine, what the weekly things are, et cetera, et cetera, because uh, caregivers are difficult to find. They really are. That's just the bottom line. Uh, caregivers sometimes are folks who have really big hearts um, but have horrible decision-making skills. You just never know, and so it is hard to find good help. That sort of cliche, it's the truth. And uh, when you find a good caregiver, you want to, want to keep that caregiver because they're, I mean, they're, they're in the midst of shaving you, brushing your teeth, picking your nose, I mean, they're everywhere. You know, they're just right there. And they're there 24-7, depending on what your schedule is. And so for me, you know, I always talk about you got to care for yourself before you care for others. Uh, If you want to be a caregiver, that means you got to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And caregiving has been a part of my life for 25 years. And it will continue to be until I'm, you know, six feet deep. And uh, it is the most, I would say, invasive portion of my life as a man with quadriplegia is the caregiving component. Uh, it's extremely expensive. 
It's about $120,000 a year. Uh, that comes out of my pocket. So when people get settlements that are in the millions, they need it, especially if they're going to be living and they're forecasted out five, six, seven decades. Yeah. Now they're going to need a hundred plus grand a year just to take care of the caregiving component. Uh, and then to further, further that down, um, is being able to, to really identify the most people, um, that are appropriate for your life where I guess I'd simply say where they're a deposit, not a withdrawal. Because sometimes that can, that yeah, can be exactly. Hey, t- Todd, let me ask you this about the caregivers. Have, have you, yeah. over since the time you've been in this uh, situation you're in, have you changed caregivers often, or do you or are the caregivers long, you know, there for the long haul? How, how is yeah, that? Yeah, that's a great, great question. You know, um, sometimes I'm referred to as the quad father because I'm so <laughs> old with my uh, my quadriplegia, and I get all these young bucks, you know, talking about caregiving and all what they're going to do and this, that, and the other, and I find personally that, you know, about every three to four months, something is changing within my life uh, with regards to structure and care and what I need or don't need, and so uh, I don't have a caregiver that's uh, been with me for more than, you know, maybe a year, maybe two, uh, and I between seven and ten people working for me. Uh, and there's always turnover, you know, three to four months. There's always something going on. That's why I turned caregiving into more of a, of a business, you know, like a franchise or a retail shop, because that turnover is so high. I can't, I can't be wasting my, you know, resources on training somebody, sure. you know, who's going to be, you know, gone in three months. It's just, it doesn't, it isn't, and there's no return on that. Uh, and so uh, I've seen that in the market as well with other, other quadriplegic, these young folks. Uh, but a lot of times, as I said earlier, these young cats, you know, they got their mom or their dad taking care of them. Yeah. Which, uh, that, that's only good for about three years, and you got to get out of that quick. Well, and Todd, I had a question for you. In our prior conversations, you, you talked about some of the, and I think this is through your foundation, and maybe you can share a little bit about that, but when, you, when somebody's, a family's maybe recently dealing with these issues, you reach out to them and, and try to put them in touch with uh, the network of uh support services that are out there. And I'm guessing this is part of that. And, and, uh, but how difficult is it for those so-called young bucks that are dealing with this for the first time, uh, and their family to, to find those caregivers? It's if you're turning them over and you're an experienced guy at this every you know year or so, it's gotta be daunting for, for people facing this for the first time. You know, it makes you want to really wish that the matrix was real. Now that you just plug <laughs> You could plug this guy in and download in a minute, you know, what he needs to know. And, uh, and that's, you know, and again, not speaking from a place of pride or pedestal, uh, because I didn't, I didn't sign up for this gig, um, but I received it. And, uh, what I have noticed is that, uh, you, you, you get the onset of the disability. And what's the primary goal? It's just to simply live. You know, it's the day to day, you know, and up front, you're on a ton of opiates. And uh, you're just trying to go, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You know, I'm 28 years old. I was riding my bicycle, you know, at uh, in Santa Cruz. And now um, I can't breathe on my own. I got a ventilator. You know, I used to read six books a week. What do I do now with my life? Uh, well, and initially, you, you, you go through just the process of I got to live. I got I to gotta stay awake. I got to get to the next place, you know, the next doctor's appointment, or et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, the foundation and, and sort of where I'm at is you're basically vetted with all the, you know, rehab centers and all the spinal docs and neurosurgeons and whatnot so that you get called up front. And then, and then you just do what you, what you, what we're all supposed to do. 
you just go walk with somebody through the valley of pain, you know, and you try to set up a dinner table with an incredible, you know, tablecloth and candles and make it a good dinner because they're not going to get out of that anytime soon. You know, they're gonna, the first five years are going to be just completely wiped just in the whole, let me restart and be a baby again, you know, being clean, being wiped, being dressed. You start all over. And so for me, there's, there's ain't no quick fix. There's no Western medicine solution. Uh, you just got to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to be with you. I'll cry with you. I'll laugh with you. I'll hurt with you. And, uh, and my only hope and prayer is that as the years come, you make choices and decisions to live. And, and most of all, you try to live well. Wow. Wow. Well, let's take a quick break right now, uh, Todd. We'll be right back with uh, more from Todd Stavelfeld and his inspirational story when we return right after this. We'll be right back. Bring the Radio is celebrating its seventh year right here on Legal Talk Network. Produced by broadcast professionals and hosted by Larry Cohen. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. You can listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to RinglerAssociates.com or LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose from almost 200 topics. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Think you might like to have us create your own podcast on LegalTalkNetwork.com? Go to the website and send us an email. Or just give us a call at 781-551-9960. It's the best move you'll make in legal marketing. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter. LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm here with Todd Stoppelfeld, spinal cord injury victim, advocate and entrepreneur, along with my uh, co-host, Tony Robinson, from our Ringler Seattle office. Well, Todd, in addition to everything else you do, uh, and I can see this for sure by listening to you, you're an inspirational and keynote speaker also. Uh, what kind of feedback have you received when you uh, speak to folks out there? You know, everybody refers to me as the boss. <laughs> and uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, and it's hard to answer that question. Uh, partly because I don't, I don't, I actually don't like talking about myself. Uh, it's, it's actually challenging. It really is. And, uh, I tend to cry a lot as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and because I'm doing more speaking and a little more public and aware than I used to be, sometimes those emails and comments are are, are actually challenging to listen to. Um, but uh, even just uh, last night, I was uh, I was at a, a group of, of men that I had talked with these last couple weeks, and last night they took almost turns, I guess, 
sort of sharing with, you know, hey, what did you do for me? And this is what I got out of what you said. And i got to be honest, Larry, it's it's pretty interesting to listen to a, a broken man share their story and how listening to yours, you know, assist them in their life. It's a, like almost like a, like just like a really good medicine, you know, for the evening they sure. can, you know, receive, receive joy or, or, or see the light or, or see the bright side of, of their current situation. And, uh, so, you know, what do, what do I hear? I mean, you hear, you hear the gamut. Yes, I've had kids come up to me, you know, in restaurants, you know, that were waiters that were not at our table, but just want to stop and say thanks for coming and speaking at my high school. Sure. You know, or you addressed, you know, um, my sort of church group, my youth group, or whatever the situation is. Uh, as you can see, I'm sort of fumbling on this one because it's <laughs> yeah. a little bit difficult to address. Um, all I know is that I'm doing what I've been tasked to do. Yes. Uh, and I'm glad I'm doing it. Uh, and I want to do it with quality, and I want to do it with integrity. Uh, and then when I'm done, I get to go home. Yeah. And uh, and I'm excited about that. Great. Well, you know, Todd, and again, I uh, and what Larry and I do, and what you do, you know, I, I meet a lot of people facing these issues for the first time, uh, and often they've been dealing with it. You know, they're two or three or four years into it, and and they are coming out of the fog, and and many of their stories are compelling. But uh, I think one of the some folks we're trying to reach with this particular broadcast is going to be, you know, those early in the process. So with that in mind and that, uh, what advice do you have to, you know, spinal cord victims out there is, you know, that are, that are really just picking up the pieces early on in this process. Uh, it's okay to be pissed. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, you know, it's okay to cry and it's okay to be pissed. Yeah. yeah that's Absolutely. Don't, don't, don't shove it down. Don't swallow it. Okay. If you can't handle it today, then fine. Pick it up tomorrow, uh, but go through the process. Process isn't standardized. It's going to be different. It's going to be vertical, depending on your situation and your story. But go through it and have the insight and have that mindset to bring other people along with you who will be with you through that process. Well, that's that's terrific. There's, there's no more than that, guys. It's it really it, that's exactly what it is. Well, you know what that that crystallizes it for a lot of people. And then finally, uh, you, you know, you've had a friend and filmmaker, uh, Mark McKnight, chronicle your life in a documentary, and of course, you also have created a foundation out there uh, to help other people. So, how has all that uh, affected you? Uh, the the documentary is obviously something quite interesting to hear about, and uh, and your foundation. So give us a little thought on that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, um, I work with actually a, actually a father-son team, Mark and Aaron McKnight. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have been uh, following me around for three years, capturing different moments, good, bad, ugly, and uh, putting it down, you know, on the HD. And it's been, uh, it's been pretty incredible to see this process. And we've actually folded some other folks into the mix this year. And Soon we'll be uh, putting up a new website, uh, com, <laughs> And uh, it's a sort of a one man's tale on, on life and, and what do you do and how do you do and things of that nature. And it has been a little different. Uh, it is a little odd to have people that are complete strangers walk up to you and appreciate, you know, your, you know, your, your video blogs or they've seen this or heard you there. I, I will be honest, that's a little different. But I am extremely blessed to have yeah. folks like Mark and Aaron in my life who 
are willing to 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 record it and to sit with me, you know, as sure. I sit with other folks. Sure. And uh, and that's how the foundation, you know, was was born as well. Uh, just the whole thought of how do we help people and how do we wrap? Because I am an entrepreneur, how do we wrap a model around that where we're actually caring for somebody? Uh, and we're still obviously in our infancy with the Todd Stubblefeld Foundation. Um, but uh, but this year we are definitely have some some goals to get uh, achieved with you know finishing up a book and actually getting this uh, documentary out and and some of this other you know as I mentioned this sort of micro site that Todd against the machine where it's a little bit fun and there's some creative piece and things like that. Awesome. People can sort of see the heart of me. Awesome. Todd, Todd, before we leave, you mentioned again the foundation. We're, I'm very interested in making sure that the audience uh, understands what the website is to, to talk, you know, to get sure. to see that. What, tell us what, how do people get in touch with that? How do they do that? Yeah, real simple. Just go to the TSF.org. Again, just www.the the word the, and TSF, which is for Todd Doublefeld Foundation. Dot org and it's right there and it's on Facebook and YouTube and it's you know it's, that, that'll take you to where you need to go. Terrific. Well, Todd, I, I want to tell you this has been an inspirational show. Uh, I wish you all the best as you move forward. And Tony, I know you're. Uh, thank you for bringing Todd to our attention. And I know you're uh, inspired by his story as well. Yeah, Todd, I, I do appreciate you coming on. I just my last closing thought is uh, don't forget me when you go to Sundance or Cannes. Okay. <laughs> Anytime, brother. Anytime. <laughs> well, let me let me just close this extraordinary show uh, by saying that I hope that Todd's uh, courageous story serves to inspire all of our listeners out there in, in their own lives. And uh, I always say at the end of every show, go out and have a great day. But today I think I'm going to say something a little different, Tony. I'm going to say uh, go out and have a not only a great day, but also a grateful one. And that's uh, very important. And, Todd, you've been an inspiration. I'm very happy you were here, and uh, I just want to wish you all the best. Thank you very much, Joe. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye now. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating its seventh year on Legal Talk Network with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.